Good evening. When uh, Thursday night tonight, not Wednesday night, um, we've had a little change. Um, when Thursday, the 4th of Feb, uh, episode 23 of So What's Been Happening? Boy, we're really pushing along. Um, famous number 23, obviously uh, no greater than Michael Jordan. Um, massive fan as a kid, still is today. The number 23, synonymous now with uh, LeBron James. Everyone still wants to be number 23. Uh, and there's plenty of other 23s. Andrew McLeod for um, Adelaide Crows was a super famous number 23. Um, for the Melbourne Footy Club, I used to like James McDonald, number 23, who was a captain as well. Um, and there's plenty of other 23s. So tonight I'm uh, doing this show solo. Uh, Glenn, happy birthday to Cuz, Glenn Curran. Uh, we won't mention how old he is, but he's, uh, he's creeping up. So we look forward to having a beer together in the next week or so. Um, and Lovey, who's normally on as well, he couldn't make it. Uh, he, may, he may be a, a late starter, so you never know. And Berkey, uh, shout out to you, mate. Uh, I know you've always always a busy man and got something on, but I really look forward to catching up with you this weekend. Um, we're, uh, we're actually going to try and do the three-peat on three gigs, and we're going to start with a gig, um, which I might just touch on before our guest, first guest or our guest for tonight comes up. Um, so this particular one is Friday the 5th of Feb uh, at the Post Office Hotel, um, the, it's an album launch for Luke Sinclair, um, and normally uh, Luke's in a, in a full band, but he's uh, launching this new album, and I'd like to just play a little snippet of it, if you will be so kind, because I'm hitting the buttons, so I get to choose, um, and here it is, a little snippet from the new album for Luke Sinclair. That's going to be a great, um, great gig on Friday night at Post Office um, Hotel. Another one that's coming up is Saturday, this Saturday night. Uh, make sure you can try and get your... Get ready for this gig. Um, these guys haven't performed together for a while. Uh, Davey Lane from UMI and Brett Wolverton, uh, the pitchers. It's been a long time since they've had their last gig. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's kind of around the plus 10 years. So it's great to have these boys back together. And Luli Bar, Johnson Street. It's a free gig. So from 8 p.m., make sure you come and check this out. Uh, Davey Lane and Brett Wolverton, absolute superstars. So come and check that out. Um, the last one I want to touch on is a new band formed uh, called Truck um, and Venom, who's been in multiple bands. Um, I just want to touch on this one as well. Uh, they're opening for another band called Empirical Prey. Um, this is at Bendigo Hotel. Check this one out as well. Make sure you do. Um, that's a four o'clock Sunday gig. So just a little snippet of their new film clip and new album. Um, this song's called I Need a Miracle.
Um, got that uh, John Bon Jovi kind of feel in the lyrics. Um, great to see these boys. Um, Venom definitely holding down the drums. Uh, that'll be fantastic to see. So Sunday afternoon, this will be a first gig of many for Truck. So um, there's just a couple of gigs, three gigs. That's what I'm doing Saturday, Friday night, Saturday, Sunday. So um, if you're ever out and about, come and say g'day. Um, I know a lot of my mates will be out and about checking out gigs. Um, sadly, it's a mask on uh, event at the moment. We're back with masks on, mask on, mask off. We can never decide what it's going to be, but I think it's the right call uh, to go that way a little bit for now. Um, better to be safe than sorry. The last thing we want is to go into another full shutdown. Um, and speaking of shutdowns and life in shutdowns and lockdowns, um, I came across this um, young lady not long ago, actually, uh, as an artist. And it was actually on a local community page that an incredible story was posted. Um, and I was really gripped, not only by the story, but then the fact that uh, that pr progressed into a song and, and, and a recording, uh, I think was incredible. So uh, I won't say too much about it. I'll leave that for, for part of the conversation. But um, I'd like to bring up a artist by the name of Maggie, Rachel Lockhart. Um, and I don't know too much about Maggie, so I'm really looking forward to having a chat. But all I know is she's an incredible established musician um, and she's got so much to give. So I look forward to uh, hearing a bit more about her. Let me bring her up. Maggie, how are you? I'm well, Aaron. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Thanks for joining us on episode 23. Thanks for having me. How's your day been? Pretty good, pretty productive. That's always great to hear. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been good. It's been very yeah. good. Um, good. Everything's going well, other than the news of uh, a little change of proceedings, obviously, for a little while in relation to masks and lockdown and, um, well, when I say lockdown, um, quarantines i guess for the yeah. for the tennis and it's gonna be interesting to see how all that pans out but better to be safe than sorry as we've uh we've all found out last thing we want is another 111 days of lockdown for melbourne absolutely aaron <laughs> so maggie let's um let's before we kick into a kind of first song let's kick into just a little bit about your your story and um i, I suppose where i always like to start is is right from the beginning as far as from a musician's point of view, where did kind of music first, your first memory of, of music and how it gripped you and what what in particular was that? Well, I started my musical training when I was three and I uh, started on Suzuki violin. And wow. I, my, my mother tells me the story of taking me to the conservatorium of music when I was a toddler and to a youth orchestra as, as a spectator, not, not as a performer. And the conductor at the time asked the audience, the spectators, whether anyone would like to get up and conduct. So I got up. <laughs> it's a really cute story. I really like that story about myself. I wish there was footage or a photo, but there's not. It's just, it's a story. Um, yep. But I grew up in a very musical family, artistic family. Um, and had a lot of exposure to classical and Baroque and early music from early childhood. And I played cello and piano growing up as well. Wow. There was um, a lot of exposure to different types of music and, and no doubt different instruments. So what's your first first kind of instrument you started to, to learn and then become, become comfortable with? Cello was probably the one. And I, yep. I've recently just taken it up again. Not in a professional capacity, but just in a sort of a hobby capacity. 
Um, right. And how long had it been since you'd played cello then? Uh, many, many years. Um, I yeah. did take it up um, as an adult probably about 15 years ago. I hired a cello just to play it again, but I didn't have yeah. the strength to play it. And I've been doing a lot of musical training on the piano uh, and last year as well through the COVID period. And that's actually uh, what I realised is it, that's given me the strength to play the cello because I didn't actually realise it actually takes quite a lot of strength to play the cello. Mm, mm. So from the from the cello, what what where did you what 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 came next for you? What else uh, did you morph morph yeah, into? I think piano piano and cello were side by side, but piano was the main instrument that I always expressed more emotion on. And I used to rip. We'll take the panels. You know, you take the panels off the piano. So yeah. I used to take the panels off the piano in my childhood home on my childhood piano, um, and just play and improvise. Um, I did have formal training as a child, but I was more interested in, in just improvisation and vibration and connection with the instrument. Yeah, very good, very good. And then, um, when when did singing come along for you? Were you a, were you always a singer as a child? Yes, I remember in third grade being very upset and approaching my teacher, who was also a singer. That one of my friends had said that she was a better singer than me, and that was in third grade. <laughs> So yes. a bit of perhaps a bit of insecurity and competitiveness competitiveness back then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I'm, well, I'm not I'm, I'm not competitive anymore. <laughs> right, right. And um, musical roots from from a family point of view. Um, do you come from? Did anyone else play uh, music inside your family? Yeah, well, um, I mean, I've got concert pianists on my mother's side and. Um, a French MEO and on also conductors and there's there's a lot there. There's a lot of sort of ancestral connection with music for me and as there are for many for most people actually. Um, yeah. I don't see myself as special in that way, but I'm certainly intrigued by the connection I have um, with my ancestors and also Isaac Nathan, who was a, a composer that he he moved to Australia and lived in Australia. Um, He's one of my ancestors, like a great, great, great grandfather. And, yep. uh, yeah, but the classical upbringing was amazing and I'm so grateful for being in that environment. But then when I was an adolescent, I got into, you know, ACDC and Metallica and stuff. So <laughs> it's sort of... A real different mix. Was that, was that a bit of a, a bust out? Sorry? Was that a bit of a, a bust out kind of period as far as, you know, breaking breaking something different from that classical kind of style? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I love, I love you know, many genres of music. Um, I definitely love heavy music as well. Um, yep. And growing up as, you know, Australia, you know, growing up in Australia and Sydney and, you know, saw the Angels in concert, loved the Angels and, you know, um, those classic Aussie bands like Cold Chisel. Uh, so I and you know had a lot of exposure to blues music as well as Stephen Ray Vaughan, David Bowie, um, yeah. Tears for Fears. Just an eclectic. Used to be a huge Boy George fan when I was like you know twelve. So yeah. <laughs> uh, just you know an eclectic mix of music, and I'm very appreciative though for my family and my parents for raising me in that environment because I think yeah. musical exposure at a young age is paramount to. Um, any type of genre, of course, but for me, of course, it was classical and baroque music for the most part, um, and that's extremely good for, for your brain in a musical sense. Yeah, I've always, um, like my parents are very much into 
Elvis, the Beatles, and then it also went into Santana and Bruce Springsteen and right, a real kind of eclectic mix. And, and yeah. I find myself, there's not a genre I don't like. It's just got a whatever's in, in that mood at the time. Like I can, I, I'm really excited to go and watch some of these um, candle lit um, gigs that are coming up. I'm not sure if you've seen them, but they're going to be in warehouses and the entire warehouse is going to be covered in candles and lit up for the night and they're going to be playing um, orchestral stuff. And it's just going to be, I really look forward to that. Um, I've seen that on Facebook, yeah. Yeah, there's a few different venues doing that. So that'll be really interesting in around mm -hmm. kind of March and April. So keep an eye out for that. But um, Thank you. So out of your teens and, and into uh, early 20s and then and then what, what happened next for you kind of musically? Well, I moved from Sydney to Canberra and then I started um, – sort of more of my adult music journey when I lived in Canberra. I was there studying year 11 and 12 at college and I met quite a few people there who were my friends, became my friends, and they were very musical people. Um, there's musical people everywhere, but Canberra, I guess, was a small place and quite condensed um, and there was a bit of an underground scene happening there as well as lots of jams and all-night jams and friends and, you know, parties and stuff, and it was just a really great time in my life and I... I I was around people who I just gained a lot of um, experience just by being around them, like guitar players and, and you know, singers. Uh, so that was a really great time for me in regards to musical development as an adult. Yep. And then, and I, um, Melbourne, then I moved to Melbourne and studied music and now I'm here in Melbourne. So, yeah. Sure. And, and yeah, we're incredibly lucky now. Um, obviously biased being uh, Melbourne born, but um, in that, arts and cultural kind of background here that we're so diverse yeah i love melbourne really love it. it's been my home for 25 years now and i studied music here um i went on a television program years and years ago starstruck on channel nine and that that was sort of like a, an interesting experience it was um, a challenging experience but i'm glad i did that and from that we just sort of launched into more of a solo um, a solo career for myself um, and I've been studying music the whole time as well so and just writing writing songs and my 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 dad's a poet so I guess I I, I draw inspiration from him in regards to the way he writes as well and his, yeah. his imagery and his color in, in his poems and his, it's amazing and he's actually just given me a poem just for recent times to write some music to, which I'll be performing next week <laughs> in amongst my some other original music at the Peacock Inn next Wednesday in Northgate. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, and, we, um, yeah. I'll, I'll just bring that uh, gig up. That, that, it's a really interesting concept that uh, the Peacock I've got. Now, a lot of people have, you know, open mic kind of sessions and things like that, but Wednesday's kind of a really good day to bring on, um, you know, different artists and, and yeah. not so much residencies, but... You know, and I find that I think they're going to have three artists that night, and I think it's a really good concept. A couple of hours at a time. Um, this is the, the poster for it at the Peacock. Um, yeah. They've done this for quite some time, actually, so yeah. it's great that yeah. it's continuing and yeah. expanding. Is that in the back kind of beer garden area, or is it inside? It is, and I went there last night just to check out the environment, just just look at the PA, and uh, yeah. or just hear the PA rather. And yeah, it's just it was just lovely. Very relaxing, yeah. very nice, very good atmosphere, good food, good service. It is. I look forward to it. Hopefully it's a good night for you. Um, yeah, I'll plan to try and, try and come and have a look. Awesome. Great. Um, 
So I'm not sure where we're going to start with you f- with what you're going to play first. Um, maybe yeah. give us. I might get you to play that first song that you're going to play yes. and, and talk us through that. Yeah. Would you like me to play it first and then talk about it afterwards? We're happy to do that. No problem. Okay. Well, I'll play this.
Absolutely beautiful, um, Maggie. Um, I absolutely love it. I, I've been, you know, you, you mentioned uh, the poetic nature of um, your father and and some yeah. of that. Oh, I can definitely see it in some of this, this lyrics here you've got, but one that really gripped me, one line here that says, freedom lives within your heart, my dear, when you're open. And yeah. I, I think that's such a powerful line, just that yeah. in itself. Yeah. Um, just... Just tell us a little bit. I'm in really captivated by this story um, of how this this uh, song came about. So, why don't you? Uh, the stage is yours to just give us a little intro in into how this came about. Yeah, I was walking back from the shops with with some bags of shopping uh, during the stage four lockdown in Melbourne, and when I entered my street, I walked down a little bit, and then this woman came running around the corner down towards me, barefoot no mask and she was in a very high level of distress so I just put my shopping bags down and I just stayed with her and spoke to her and I sat down on the ground in front of her because she was so uh, so distressed and and so ungrounded that I just automatically needed to just sort of do something in order to help ground the situation um, and the eye contact was really important and I just tried to was anyone that I could call? Did she need me to call, like, you know, the salvos? Or, you know, where was she at? She's just trying to get back to her house or home, which was on the other side of Melbourne. Um, and I think her she'd been staying with someone and there was a, a, an issue within her relationship with the person she'd been staying with. Um, so she t I asked her what her name was. Um, and in those moments, of course, you want to ask someone what their name is, is just so, to help them. Um, remember who they are in those moments and she told me her name was Nadia and when she told me I just looked at her and said that is just the most beautiful name and she really heard heard what I said she heard me and you know there was a lot of eye contact and I was very determined just to help uh, her feel that she mattered at that point in time even though she was obviously very distressed and didn't have her belongings and had no shoes um, and she was very beautiful as well. Like just even in her distress, she was, you know, she was very sort of almost like queenly. And I know there's a lot of talk at the moment globally about everyone's right to sovereignty. And that was that one of those moments for me in, in regards to a young woman in distress, um, afraid. I think that's probably the word that comes to my mind. She was scared and I was able to offer her some solace, I hope, and I just got the feeling or the sense or the eye connection with her when I when I said to her that her name was beautiful and that she heard me and that, it, you know, I hope that that message sunk into her. So for me it was, uh, you know, a very, um, a very sort of humbling experience, I guess, because obviously the music just started to flow out, the song just started to come out on its own pretty much 
I didn't get the sense that I needed to actually write about that situation and that's as an artist that's how I work it just comes out whether you know whether I like it or not so someone once said to me um, and I think this is very true songs are, are often bigger than us and um, in this situation I think the song was just there to harness the, the situation and what I've experienced and I'm very you know it was very humbling experience actually so maybe if I run into her one day I'd like to to tell her about it but that's not necessary and that's okay too yeah it's kind of, it's it's amazing I I I'm always intrigued when moments like that happen and and songwriting and the outlet that songs can come from whether they whether they are an outpouring of emotion or they are a story to, to tell or whatever. And in this case, they're kind of both. Um, yeah. And I think um, just the incredible part of even what you mentioned about something as simple as a eye contact and also in that kind of, in that um, very vulnerable situation, uh, not only eye contact, but you, you actually, the fact that you even asked her a name in, is really important. And the fact that, that resonated and, and it might have been enough for her mentioning you mentioning her name and and the fact that and i don't even know you wouldn't have done that deliberately choo choosing to say how, that her name was beautiful it generally struck you um and when that happens it's it can be sometimes enough for them to just feel comfortable all of a sudden and take them out of that uncomfortable situation oh well, and that's exactly what happened she relaxed at that point her mm. whole body language, it just everything just sort of dropped and she was more, a lot more settled and calm at that point, yep. you know. So, yeah, so that's I'm actually getting goosebumps when you said that because that's exactly, you've just hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what happened in that situation. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's um, I'm always interested, you know, um, I, I flash back to those ambulance shows and they always show and they quickly ask someone their name and, and maybe that's oh, the kind of reason I've never actually asked someone like that. Um, oh, but yeah, it, it, you, you have actually got a real life experience of something that came um, almost spiritually that, that you mentioned, you know, you asked for a name and, and that was kind of enough to change the whole situation. It was, yeah, it's really, um, you must have a special gift there somewhere. Well, it's very precious to me that it, that, that it was like a, it was like a moment in time, you know, yeah. like being in a portal. Like that's where the song the song was born from that moment. And I think that's that's pretty pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah, and and the fact that that kind of time we were we were kind of in that lockdown phase where it was an hour a day or or maybe the two hour a day. But the fact you were even in that situation at that point in time, and I'm not sure how far away you were from your house or anything like that. But you know, you you you'd probably never ever experience a moment like that again. Absolutely, it's it's just it's like. <laughs> It's like a one-off, I think. Yeah. Um, well, I think yeah. something's absolutely beautiful that's come of it, um, and that's this song. Um, and just tell me a little bit. I'm just going to bring up the cover or the album yeah. cover, and I think that's yeah. a beautiful cover. That's that's. Um, just tell us a little bit about the the thought process on on that. Well, the lyric in the middle of in the second verse, yeah, in the middle of the song is um, Nadia, have you been locked? in some gold cage and the key is hidden in your mind. So um, a very lovely local mum um, did the design for that cover. Um, I actually possibly potentially should have forwarded you her logo, but I can do that at a later date if you, if, if you like because she's 
really incredible designer. Um, yeah, we're happy to. Um, you can put a comment on the on the video at the end of it um, yes, if I'll you like it. Comment later and and definitely yeah, tag her. It's I'll actually. Try, but I'll definitely do that. And she's amazing. That's okay. No problem. No yeah. problem. I'm always yeah. captivated by art, and it's so great to see LPs and records back because we genuinely get to see an album size cover um, instead of yeah. a little thumbnail um, on an iTunes or something like that. So, or a Bandcamp in your situation. But it's uh, it's great yeah. to see some beautiful detail. It's well put together. Um, you know, the yeah. colours are beautiful in that gold sort yeah. of mock old gold feel, and the story behind uh, the birdcage kind of concept, I, I love, you know, and that so it can be somewhat trapped, but in, in this case with the door being open, you know, that freedom. Um, and I think it's great, really ties in well. So yeah. we wish you yeah. all the best with this song um, and hope, hope it can get to the masses because I, I think uh, it's quite a hypnotic kind of song as well. And Thank it has so that, um, for me, it has that Lisa Gerard kind of feel. It's got that real wave of emotion so as we know she's an incredible artist and uh if you can capture any of that um you've done it well it's it's kind of gave me goosebumps a couple of times listening to it and and i really uh appreciate you coming on and having a chat about it, it was kind of weird that you're even in my suburb um so it's uh it's great to see so I'm glad I posted it because that was just, you know, I, I wasn't sure where, whether I should have posted that, but I'm just so glad I did. And just sharing it with people is just amazing and the feedback's been brilliant and, you know, your feedback means a lot to me and thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. And I believe we've got a mutual friend, um, which oh, is interesting because yeah. we connected on Facebook and sometimes I have no no um, mutual friends and other times I have a heaping comment. So it, to even have one is a beautiful thing and, and it turns out that he's an incredible uh, talent in himself, Lyndon Wesley. Yeah, he what's is. Your, what's your connection to Lyndon? Well, we got hooked up through APRA last year during the COVID lockdown um, to co-write a song together. Um, and we did co-write a song together. And we spent quite a few sessions, you know, Zoom sessions or FaceTime sessions, I think FaceTime it was, um, just writing a song together. And uh, we haven't recorded it yet. And uh, I've been in contact with him recently. So I uh, look forward to putting putting that one together and, uh, yeah, getting that recorded. Fantastic. Well, he's actually just shot me a message to say, I'm home and I was meant to call her today. So he will get back to you. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. <laughs> so that's, uh, he's, oh, well, it's such an honour to work with him. And he's just absolutely an amazing, amazing artist and it was just brilliant collaborating and, and writing a song. <laughs> and it was heaps of fun as well. <laughs> That's always um, always great to know that, you know, the, the fun parts is not only why you do it, but that's it gives it that extra energy. And two artists that had yeah. never met, I love that collaboration kind of process. Totally. And um, yeah. So and with, with you, with you um, how do you normally... Uh, compose your, you know, obviously being a talented musician as well. Do you find that the, the words come with the, with the, you know, the composing of the song, or sometimes it is the words only that you're starting with? Like, just give me a little insight and kind of each things a, each song's probably a little different of how they come together. But True. just tell us yeah. a little bit in in relation to this one uh, in particular with Nadia. So. It was the piano and the voice that came. The first two, well, I think the first two verses and, yeah, the first two verses actually 
and the idea came. So that part was the first two verses that just came all together in one hit. And I got I captured that on um, on my voice memos on my phone, um, and I played it to a few people, and they're like, "Yeah, that's fantastic." And I'm like, "Yeah," and it was like the crashing through the barrier. That just those words just came out because that's what it was like. She was she was crashing through a barrier. Yeah. There was there had to be a shift for her, you know. It was like a crisis point, so she was crashing through a barrier. And those words and that music just came out all together all at once. So that was the initial idea. As soon as my hands were on the keys. There it was. And then, of course, I developed it. Uh, it was a reasonably uh, challenging song to write and took me a couple of months to really hone in on, on what I wanted to say. And I did a lot of writing of lyrics um, and just, okay. And then you get to the point where you've got all these pages of words and then you, you, you start putting them, spreading them out, and then you, you take that one, you go, no, that one's not right. I'll screw it, you know, scrunch that one up, chuck it on the floor. That's my process. <laughs> so, um, and then it's sort of like a process of elimination and just doing a little, you know, a bit of, well, not so much research, but just her, Nadia, the name means hope. So uh, just tapping into that, I just thought that was a really um, amazing aspect of the song, of her name, me meaning hope. And especially at that, at, at that sort of, at that COVID lockdown time as well. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so, but I think that's generally how I write. Is it basically whatever I put my hands on the keys or even the guitar, but I'm more a pianist than I am guitar, um, something's always there. So um, not always all those things get developed into songs, but there's always something there. There's never, there's never a lack of music. And sometimes I've dreamt songs as well. So... Um, yeah, I just think it's a pretty amazing process and overwhelming at times too mm. because um, there's just the music's always there. You can't ignore it. I've tried yeah. to ignore it in the past. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I suppose they say, you know, let it let it flow and let it flow from the from the blood into your veins and, and out again. And at the end of the day, you, totally. your voice is another instrument, right? Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm sure you, as you play, you're, the words kind of drift, drift through and, and become, uh, I suppose a lot see the, like you said, the, the screwed up paper and thrown on the ground. But, um, I think, uh, I can't wait to hear when you get to record, um, a poem from your dad. I think that'll be incredibly, uh, special for you. I'm sure. Have you, have you ever done anything like that before where no, you've been given the lyric? No, not, not by him. And he's wanted me to do that for a few years actually, but he's, he's quite elderly and he, He's very um, intent on me um, creating some music from one of his his poems, and he's written hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. He's been a poet all his life, pretty much, all his adult yep. life. Um, yeah, so I'll definitely be recording. I'm going to do some more recording with Adam Kalaitzis down at Toyland Studio in Northgate, which is where I recorded Nadia. Yeah, so... I look forward to working with Adam again and recording some more tracks and definitely my dad's poem, um, which is called Hawk, will be one of those tracks that I record down down there at Toyland. Fantastic. Well, good luck with it. Um, okay. I'm sure. Just what, what sort of timing was the was the recording sessions for, for Nadia? How, how long did it take you? About a day. 
Um, I tracked I tracked the piano parts at home. Um, so I did I did all the tracking of the piano uh, beds at home, and then everything else was layered and the vocals done at the studio. And he is just he's he's amazing. Um, and I just was in the hands of someone who could just harness the creativity in me because he's so talented and creative himself. Um, yeah. And he mixed and mastered it there. So it was just brilliant. So it was a pretty quick process. But as soon as I laid those vocals, those vocal lines are pretty much the first vocal lines I laid down. There weren't many, many takes. Well, yeah, that just shows how incredibly talented you are. But when you also work with someone that, that kind of... Um, you know what I mean? Just captures it and gets it, and it's yeah. not a yeah. probably didn't have to work it work it hard like you have to do with some some recordings, and it kind of never yeah. feels or feels right. Yeah. Whereas it obviously that yeah. this song was kind of made to be, it feels and sounds so effortless, yeah. and I think that's a great great part about it. Given um, we talk about hope, and that's an it's just I think so many things in this song uh, have been a blessing in respect of an awkward and an uncomfortable situation. I mean, the yeah. name, her name could have been anything. And to mean hope in a COVID period. Oh, um, no, you're giving me goosebumps again just talking about it. <laughs> yeah, look, oh, I think, you know, I really think this this can help, well, hope it does really help kind of project you and really push the fact that, you know, you've got so much more to give here. Please, yeah. you know, Thank make you an effort, massive effort to try and get this recording done uh, with your dad. Um and yeah. the lyrics from your dad, that was such a special thing for the family, no doubt. Um, yes, definitely. So I know we've taken up a bit of time. We said roughly kind of half an hour, which is always the way. But you, yeah. honestly, you, uh, you're you so good to talk to and, and talk about what's happening in your music journey. So once again, thanks for coming on. We might um, we might go to go to one more song and then, and then just a quick um, finish and wrap up if, if you don't mind. No worries. Thanks so much. So I'll Anything. sing a song that I recorded uh, as a demo um, in March last year, just before the lockdown hit Melbourne. Um, it's called I Am Your Daughter. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. I'm captivated again. You did it to me again. And I haven't heard that song at all before um, first listen. And so special to do that. So thank you, Maggie. Um, just tell us just tell us quickly a little bit about that song. I think it's, it's sort of like a universal song about being, I guess, well, a female on earth. Um, but also about the connection to my dad as well. And uh, he's been a patron of mine for many years and supporting me in my piano studies. And um, he's always believed in me and always understood my musicality and my artistry in a very unspoken way. You know, some people, there's just like sometimes there's just an understanding between people. It doesn't need to be spoken about. Um, so I think it's partly about him and it's also just about being a daughter of the earth and living on this earth. And I'm pretty big on protecting the earth and, you know, not filling the earth with plastic and, you know, being mindful in that way and, you know, just just living living as um as mindfully in that way as possible um yeah so i'm pretty passionate about those types of things <laughs> environmentally I, I think for the most part beautiful great yeah. fantastic once cool. again thanks thanks for coming on and just a quick um push for where they can find that song uh, or the nadia song first and foremost um on your yeah. band camp i'll just put a link yeah, there cool. Yeah, it's on. It's actually I've got a SoundCloud account that's got quite a lot of songs on it and lot and demo songs. Some of them aren't great quality audio, but I'm going to be going to be um, recording quite a few of those songs in a professional capacity down at Toyland with Adam. So um, I look forward to doing that. So, but my SoundCloud account's up and running, and that track is on there. It's a demo track, <laughs> but it's a good representation of, of the song nonetheless. Okay, and then one one thing everyone should look for is that link below for Michelle, uh, Maggie's Bandcamp with four dollars absolute steal to try and yeah, get that song Nadia and pass it on and do please do me a favour and do exactly what the on is on Bandcamp and send it as a gift to someone surprise someone with it send it to them and cool. I guarantee you your feedback is going to be great so um, once again Maggie um, I, I think it's out of such a um confrontational um emotional situation such a beautiful things come out of it and i really hope one day we can find and locate nadia possibly through the the magical airway somewhere and she could actually hear what happened in this situation we can re reunite you guys that would be absolutely amazing that would be so incredible <laughs> you never know how it can happen sometimes so let's Indeed. put it out there cool Thank um so you. once again just promoting your Wednesday night gig um, next Wednesday night starting at 6 o'clock. Um, we've got Shana, 8 o'clock, uh, uh, sorry, 7 o'clock is Brody and 8 o'clock yourself. I'm led to believe if that all that runs runs smoothly with time frames. So get on to the Peacock um, in Northcote and bookings, I think, is going to be what's going to be required to get on board and reserve your space because it's going to be limited capacity, no doubt, even though we're outdoor. Um, well, so hopefully we can get a few people yeah, there. Yeah, actually, I asked them last night, um, and I'll promote this on my page, but 
they I, I said our book is necessary and they said they said no um but who knows what what can happen with the changes in melbourne we just yeah. don't know but um yeah. they said you can just walk in and that's fine so but it's okay, well, a larger great. group yeah that's great great to hear yeah. um and if yeah. you're not sure go there and have a meal so get there early have a meal the food's great the beer's cold and Definitely. have a couple of couple of hours worth of uh, great music from three lovely women so once again maggie i really appreciate your time so good to connect um look forward to following your journey uh and you never know we might catch up for a latte in montmorency that'd be great I definitely look forward to that, and we're definitely going to do that. Thanks so much, Aaron. It's been amazing to be on your show. Thank you so much for inviting me. Anytime. Look forward to uh, spreading this around for people to hear. So I will catch up soon, no doubt. Yeah, definitely. All right. Thanks, Maggie. Thanks so much, Aaron. See ya. Wow, what an incredible musician and talent. Uh, Maggie is. I'm so blessed to have come across her um, and I hope so many more people get to experience um, beautiful sounds of Maggie Rachel Lockhart. So look forward to that. So next week um, we've got an exciting show coming up. I'm not going to say who it is. I'm going to leave it for a while to announce that. So next, more than likely it's going to be a Thursday again next week. We're just not sure with timings of everyone. So without... um, bring up anything else, look out, get out, support your local artists um, and venues. Please get out and about. Um, it's obvious we're trying to cut somewhat kind of get back to normal. As we know, uh, music's one of those last ones that, that kind of gets kick-started again. So it's really important to be out and about. And I've noticed uh, just in the last couple of weeks, being out and about listening to music kind of changes your whole mindset. So do yourself a favour, they say, uh, Molly would say, get out there and Go and listen to an artist that you haven't caught up before uh, or seen before, and you might be pleasantly surprised. So once again, uh, thanks, everyone, for coming on. Thanks for who watches this later, and look forward to catching up next week on So What's Been Happening. It'll be episode 24 next week. Enjoy your night, and good night.